everybody. It's me. It's your old buddy, Steve Simonson. And uh, we're back. We're doing it again. It's an awesomers episode where we're talking a little bit about something that has got a lot of people frustrated. And it's related to the UK. It's related to the EU. And because I'm uh, really out of ideas and have no real information out for the world, I brought on a special guest today. And that is Jacob McCoy. Jacob, hello. How are you? Hi, Steve. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you very much for, for having me. Super glad uh, that you uh, agreed to take time out of your schedule to help us solve what I think is a, a growing and painful problem for sellers. And we'll dive into that here in a minute. But maybe first, you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you came from and, and your skill set and so forth. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, obviously, my name's uh, Jacob, um, here working for, for Avask. So I've been with Avask for, for a fair few years now working within the uh, the business development uh, department. So dealing with sellers with, with all kinds of problems, whether it's VAT, um, US sales tax, Australia and, and other markets and, and helping them generally expand. Um, more recently, because of the, the topic that we're going to be discussing today, Brexit, um, I've taken over the, the customs and trade department to help sellers really battle that, uh, yeah, that need and the problems they are having, which we're, we're going to go into. Well, it is, uh, you know, it's never a dull moment in this world of change, right? And this is, uh, <laughs> Brexit is no exception. And, you know, as we as we get into the nitty gritty of it, we'll, we'll get into the details. But the, the part of the point that I like to remind sellers is you should expect change, right? Change is just part of running a business. And, uh, you know, you've probably seen that in your different biz dev kind of relationships in the past. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, especially with, with, with e-commerce as well, like change is very constant. Like it's to, to, to me, e-commerce is not new, but to governments, to authorities, e-commerce is new versus like the bricks and mortar, um, kind of general retail business. So, um, although it's, it's been around for a while in my eyes, generally, really, it hasn't actually been around. So there's going to be a lot of change. There's going to be a lot of regulations getting um, input. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Well, and this is the this is the great thing is when you start out e-commerce, things uh, come across as relatively simple. Um, and then the government, the institutions that exist have decided, oh, hey, we're not getting our cut of the action. And so they've got to make sure that they get their beak wet somewhere in the system. And that means new regulations, new compliance hurdles for sellers. And this is happening globally, right? Is that, I mean, you guys at Avask, you, you uh, cover a lot of different countries, as far as I recall. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we see it across loads of different countries. Obviously, there's different stages. So one country might be a bit quicker than another. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, as you, as you said, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know if I'd say they want to get their beaks in, but maybe... They feel like they they're losing out on maybe money they should have been getting uh, potentially. Oh, look at what uh, isn't he a politician, everybody? What a diplomat! So from from the government perspective, they're like you owe us money. From the entrepreneur perspective, is like stay out of my life, right? So uh, yeah. we have this this disparity, and from the the compliance person in the middle, which is necessary, that's the, who kind of saves the day for entrepreneurs like me who rather ignore it all. That's yeah. the base the baseline for entrepreneurs is why don't I just ignore this until it becomes a problem, which is terrible, terrible <laughs> gut feelings for all you entrepreneurs out there. And I, I have to tell everybody that I, in fact, did, I thought I had put on do not disturb on this laptop and it is fighting me. So uh, I'll just tell you all of the extra sound effects, no extra charge, everybody. There is no extra charge for the fun sound effects. Now, Jacob, uh, you've been with the vast for a few years. 
for those who don't know Avast, can you give kind of the broad strokes of what Avast does in terms of, you know, its country of reach, uh, you know, the, the types of yeah. activities and where? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, Avask has been going for quite a while now. So um, originally started business in, in 2012 and, and works with the e-commerce sector mainly. Uh, I'd say probably 95, uh, maybe more percent of our clients are e-commerce sellers. Um, so offering services, whether that's kind of accounting services, international tax, um, VAT, customs, patents and trademarks, essentially um, assisting uh, e-commerce sellers with expansion and dealing with the things that, as you said, they might have <laughs> in the past ignored, things like tax, regulations, uh, those kind of things, and always kind of broadening, keeping on top of legislation, making sure people are doing what they need to do. Yeah, I, there's going to be some marketing way to spin this up, but for entrepreneurs, the, the translation of that is everything that you hate, these guys love, right? And that's, uh, I'm sure marketing can do something better with that. But the, the truth is entrepreneurs generally, unless you come from a finance background or some sort of tax background, this stuff is the least favorite stuff to, to get into, right? It's like more paperwork, more headaches, more uh, problems. And, and really you guys, I think the genesis of your company was, what if we just solve problems for people? Is that, mm -hmm. I think that's about right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think we have a, you have different scenarios really, whether it's uh, kind of, you, I get a lot of clients. I speak to lots of people daily basis, maybe um, on when they're having problems and yeah, you either you're giving people solutions to the problems or maybe you're telling people about uh, a problem that they may have depending on kind of how they're looking to structure the business. So yeah, it, essentially providing solutions, making sure people aren't going to come to um, problematic kind of crossroads when, when they start selling, make sure they've got everything in place. Yeah, well, this is one of the things I talk about a lot, which is uh, avoiding the lightning bolts. Instead of having the lightning bolt strike and you realizing, oh, crap, I haven't done taxes for three years and somebody wants to get paid, you yeah. try to get ahead of it. And with uh, the advocacy and the counsel from yourself and the team there, uh, they can stay out of trouble, right? You prevent the trouble. And that pound for pound, uh, as we would say in boxing, but dollar for dollar, however you want to think about it, it's a better way to spend your money because if you chase the problem, it's going to cost you way more than if you prevent the problem. Is that fair to say? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And if you, if you address a problem as soon as you realize um, it's going to be beneficial rather than, yeah, ignoring a problem, basically. So the best way to do it is to address it before it even starts. But if you have a problem and you've realized you've got a problem, address it then and there rather than ignoring it until it becomes an even bigger problem. Yeah, I think that's, that's good advice. And let's Let's now talk about uh, the problem, um, or at least the consequence, one of the consequences of Brexit. So Brexit, uh, can you give just the, 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 the global overview, not the UK-centric view, but just the global overview? What, what does Brexit mean, and, and uh, when did it happen? Yeah, so, um, I mean, the referendum, I believe it was happened in 2016. It's where, um, it might have been later than that, but it's when uh, the UK voted to leave the European Union. So... Within Europe, you've got the European Union, which um, essentially, to, to boil it down to kind of like uh, to, to relevance for people trying to sell, is is like a single market. It's treated as a single market. There's no hard customs borders within inside any countries which are part of the European Union. So um, you, we did have 28 member states, including the UK, but as of the 1st of January, it was gone down to 27 member states within the European Union. So um, from like an importing perspective, 
you import the goods into, say, Germany, which is part of the European Union. Those goods are then within the single market, and there's no hard customs borders to go through if they want to go to any other locations within the EU. Yeah, so I think that's an excellent explanation, by the way. And this, this single market mentality, and really, in many ways, the EU is trying to create almost like a state enterprise or, or a U.S. type of concept, right? Where it's like we have all these yeah. states and once you're inside the states, even though the different states have different laws and different ideas and so forth, in the U.S. most uh, speak the same language, uh, you know. Uh, so, but, so the EU has combined itself to have a very large market, right? That, that the combined population, the combined buying power is quite large. Um, yeah. And but Brexit said, hey, the UK is taking itself out of that equation and we don't need to discuss the merits or the you know, points for or against Brexit. It, it's already happened. So it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, the politics are behind us now. What's the impact? And so now let's talk about what's changed for a UK seller from being inside the EU versus outside the EU, specifically as it relates to the shipments, which I think are becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't, it's not just like UK sellers, I would put into the same bracket, basically all non-European sellers. Um, so obviously being part of the single market um, means the goods could freely flow between countries, between the UK, between all of the other EU countries. If you're looking at Amazon in particular, Amazon has uh, seven countries where they've got uh, warehouses in Europe. So it's UK, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Poland, and Czech Republic. Now the UK separated from those seven but the, the issue for, for most sellers, and obviously UK is part of that, but US, uh, Australia, India, China, is that everyone used the UK as the main hub. So everyone was used to importing into the UK and let Amazon distribute from there. A very, very niche amount of people would actually directly import to, say, Germany or France. Um, so they weren't really aware of, of the regulations. But um, yeah, because now we've separated the goods that are coming into the UK, they then have to then either be re-exported and then re-imported again, whereas before they wouldn't have had to. And you've got um, you've got customs uh, VAT, customs taxes um, to pay, and to actually deal with importing, and exporting, doing the the declarations, getting the documentation. Um, so it becomes a much it's, it's a much bigger task for for sellers really. <laughs> uh, so, by the way, Jacob, I love just how very diplomatic you are. So <laughs> I would just call that living in the land of nightmares. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's a more difficult task, right? I, I, so yeah. you're quite right that for those who know what they're doing, it's quite solvable. But I think a lot of people, and by the way, this applies to both sides, right? You can maybe an EU seller trying to sell into the UK or, or a yeah. UK seller selling the EU or any seller trying to sell into either of these. You're going to yeah. have to clear customs, right? And largely, the I think the big takeaway is on the original inbound shipments, those things are probably going to be split between two target destinations um, for, uh, let's say, larger sellers. Is that, do you think that's a good strategy? Is that how they're doing it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The like, there's there's a few reasons why. Um, I mean, one, you're just going directly to where you want to sell the products, so uh, the journey of those products is going to be less. If you if you're only bringing goods into one country, say the UK, and then you have to send them across, you're going to get more transport costs, basically, because it's not going direct. Not everyone's able to do that because they might not have enough product. And they, for like UK sellers, an example, there might need to be like quality control, repackaging, those kind of things, which if they can't get done in another country, say in the EU, they have to bring it into the UK. But there's going to be 
it's not just the actual the the freight charges and everything it's it's customs duties and, and vat that you have to then pay again vat providing you're a registered business is reclaimable so if you're registered um but it's the duty that's going to be a problem um so you have to pay duty when it comes into the uk and then duty when it goes back out into the eu there is potentially ways that you won't have to do that and there's going to be more options in future but to be honest the, the way you would do it at the moment is, is really complicated and you're not going to find many providers so most sellers that are doing that that i speak to are just taking the hit where some products they could be say zero percent so it might not be too bad for duty wise that is but yeah. some products they could be 12 percent. so wow. it's quite a significant it's a significant amount to then essentially be losing um and i know with with amazon sellers it's not always massive margins. So there's not loads to play with. Um, so you've got to really make sure you're saving wherever you can. So yeah, bringing goods directly to where they want to be sold. So if, for example, you, you are bringing them from China directly into say Germany and directly into the UK, separate the shipments would make sense. But I do understand it's not always a possibility for everyone. Yeah. Well, and this, it really makes, the idea of paying double duties is not great, uh, but it sometimes it is the way it is. And in fact, there may be cases where you brought it into Germany or the Netherlands in the EU and it sold out and now you need to ship it from the UK to EU on a individual basis, perhaps a fulfillment basis. Is it, Do you see that happening? Are people doing that or are they just doing bulk yeah. shipments? Yeah, no, people are definitely doing that. You get all kind of, uh, of types of sellers like with different situations to what's going to be relevant to them. And yeah, pe people do that. Do that. And, and another thing to look out for that I, I didn't mention, another benefit for going direct from, say, say China, in my example, but mm. Germany, um, at the moment, Germany enforced what's called the deductive method for customs valuations. Um, so the deductive method is retail price minus Amazon fees, minus uh, the VAT. So generally you're looking at retail price minus around 30 or 40%, um, which if you're sending the, if you bring all the goods into the UK and then you export them and you import them into Germany, they'll enforce that method, which would be a higher valuation. So you then pay duty again on a higher valuation rather than if it's coming direct from the supplier, there's an actual transaction. So you can use the transactional value, which will be the cost price of the products. So the duty, again, you're not gonna have to pay the duty twice, um, and you won't have to pay it based on the higher valuation if you go direct from source. So yeah, it's, there's loads of things to consider. And, and that's why people are in a lot of cases looking into uh, third party warehouses because Amazon inventory limits, those kind of things that also creates extra difficulty. So bringing goods and having a third party warehouse, you can then drip feed is, is my, well, would be my advice to a lot of sellers. But again, always have to mention, it's not always going to be a possibility. Not everyone is able to work in that, in that respect. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, so context matters, everybody. Awesomers already know this, that, you know, everybody's got their own things that are, are driving their business. But I've talked about this for years, that Amazon is not the only place that has warehouses on this planet, right? And they're actually one of the least effective places at long-term storage. Now, there are pilot programs where they're, they're talking about, hey, ship it to our giant cheap warehouse and then we'll drip feed it into Amazon later, almost to replace 3PLs. But that's yeah. for wide, wide adoption and global adoption, that's years away. So 3PL yeah. locations make the most sense to me, especially if you're doing large volumes because having idle inventory, you're paying extra you know, storage fees and, and it just, it messes up your scores, it can mess up your ranking, all kinds of things. So 3PLs are huge. And I, I think that the 
prevailing wisdom these days, because of Germany's kind of prepay us the taxes, um, which is terrible, by the way, uh, from a cash flow perspective, you haven't mm-hmm. ever even sold this stuff yet, right? Yeah. What, what if you, so just to restate, as I understand it, if you're going to sell this, you know, uh, I'll try to use easy math, 10 items for 10 euros, that's 100 euros of retail value. You can deduct the value of the VAT and you can deduct the value of the Amazon fees, but then you're paying the VAT based on that valuation. Yeah, so you, so you pay, so you'll pay the import of that and the duty based on that valuation for customs. So, um, yeah, so say for example, your cost price is, I don't know, five, five euros, mm-hmm. um, but your retail price is say 20, um, then ideally most people would be used to paying the customs VAT and duty on import based on the five, but instead you're going to have to pay on retail minus the VAT minus um, the Amazon fees, which will probably in those cases be like say 11 or 12. So you might pay it on double in that case. That's just like a a rough example. So if your, if your products are say 12% duty, which some are that that's a high rate, but I've seen a lot higher um, than if you had say, yeah, 10,000 worth of stock getting brought in, suddenly you're paying a significant amount more. Um, just because they're basing it on the higher valuation. And then if you've got constant imports, very high value, it's a lot of money. Just the cash flow alone, right? You're right that the yeah. duty value is, is whacking you. But listen, the, the, here's the, as I understand it, one of the best strategies to eliminate this upfront high capital flow. You're not going to get out of anything, but instead of being cash flow kind of beat down, you just bring it into the Netherlands, right? Isn't that a, a, you know, a possible way to just... Yeah skip Germany in, in that context. Yeah. So you've got a couple of options with the Netherlands and I'd say, um, yeah, from, from, from experience and, um, from, from seeing what, what sellers are doing, Netherlands has a lot more options and it's a lot more established when it comes to imports. They've like for, for quite a long time, it's been a bit of a gateway to, to mainland Europe, um, for bringing goods in very efficient processes, generally better for customs. Um, in the Netherlands, you've got, so there's a couple of options you either, because that you're going to need a VAT registration wherever you store products. I think um, most people should be aware of that by now. Hopefully, if you're a new seller, maybe not, um, but you do need a VAT number wherever you're going to store your products. So if you're importing directly to the Netherlands for, say, a free PL warehouse, you're going to need a VAT number. So that's an extra administration burden that you would need to get, but it might be worth it in the long run. But they've also got um, a separate option, which can actually get around having to need the VAT number, which is called limited fiscal representation. so not all providers are going to offer this and not all um, like customs agents and freight forwarders are going to know how to do it. Um, but you've got the option for what's called limited fiscal representative. So what happens is when you import to the Netherlands, as long as the goods are going to another EU country, um, you can get around paying import VAT. So you just have to pay duty at the point of entry. Um, there's a little bit more to it. <laughs> it's a little bit more complicated for the actual process. Um, but essentially, if you've got a good provider, which Avast can help you with, um, then we can do it that way. Um, so you don't have to pay the import VAT. You can base it on the, the cost price of the products, um, providing you did have evidence if customs ever wanted to, to investigate, um, which they can do. They might ask for proof of, um, of the, the cost value, which could include like bank statements and actually proving you paid your supplier. Um, so you just have to pay duty. No import VAT is required up front. So it gives you a a massive liquidity advantage um, 
and essentially like if, you, if you're going to import say a hundred thousand worth uh, every quarter that's if you were paying the import that if it was in the netherlands that would be twenty one thousand that you have to wait get back etc um and there's other countries as well within the eu which have really really strict um not not guidelines but just the way they actually process reclaiming import that um like italy for example and you can only reclaim it once a year and i'm pretty sure actually getting the money back is pretty hard um poland you have to have a local bank account um you have to visit poland sign an agreement with the bank to actually get it back so there's all all these different kind of um situations that people need to be aware of so again netherlands great option you don't have to deal with that well this is again this is comes down to expertise and i've always been a believer and i've talked about the oscars for years now uh why I don't want to be the expert in all this stuff. There's no way I could ever know all these details. And you guys have a whole fleet of people in each country trying to figure out this stuff and stay on top of it. And that is kind of the message for the Oscars out there is, is find your resource that that's got your back, right? I, I, I cannot stress the idea of buying expertise is the best investment we can make instead of trying to be an expert in everything, which won't work. Uh, yeah. So let me, let me, let's talk about some of the, the firsthand nightmares uh, that sellers are dealing with today. And, and you, I know that there's a pilot program that you guys are helping Amazon with. Can you talk about the problem and then how that pilot program and, and maybe even the, the Avast programs are designed to solve it? So first, the problem. What, what's the problem people are facing with this new Brexit problem? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, quite there's quite a few. Um, so it really depends, like whether so people are having problems with with sending parcels. That's that's one problem. Um, there, so for example, Amazon um, they launched a, a partner carrier program back in January. I'm not going to name any company names, but um, the company that was involved got shut down after a month due to um, essentially incorrect paperwork. There was something like a twenty thousand parcel backlog. I had sellers that I was speaking to who they had sent a certain amount of parcels in January and they were still getting them back in September, like one wow. by one things that were, were lost. So that was an issue. No, there wasn't a parcel solution. Um, so people were, were then having to try and send pallets um, maybe to get more of a dedicated service where generally with pallets, you're going to have um, someone to talk to like with parcels. It's usually kind of online. Um, you don't really have anyone to communicate with because it's kind of volume driven. Um, whereas pallets you generally do so you might get a bit more advice but that's not to say there wasn't issues with pallets people still had loads of issues with pallets um so yeah the the, the program uh that that we've kind of launched with amazon and, and something that that we're running at the moment is to help kind of both really um so we're doing parcels helping people get parcels going through the netherlands everything's kind of going through the netherlands and, and the same with pallets so it's all it's all included so yeah that like it's solving the issue for for a lot of sellers um yeah I, like i'd say the majority of people's problems since brexit has has been that that's that's like probably the main problem another um misconception as well that a lot of people like not just uk eu um it's the, the eury number so i'm sure a lot of people have heard of um, euro numbers but essentially it's the number for for customs purposes that you use for importing so um you only need one in the eu majority of sellers if they're from kind of anywhere outside of the eu would have had the uk most of them right. um but now because the uk separated that can only be used for the uk and now you have to get an eu euro number so an eu euro number you can register only in one country so germany france as an example um and the common misconception is that that's all you need 
um, people think, okay, I've got the euro number, I can import. Because when you read up on it, you look on, say, the European Commission's website, that's what it kind of looks like. It kind of states that you need it to import. But what it doesn't kind of state is that as a foreign company, so as a foreign importer, so when I say foreign, I mean non-EU, you'll need essentially some form of representation to so some someone else to be jointly liable for your shipments. So I've asked um, at the moment are taking on that liability for any sellers we are helping with customer service. We're taking joint and several liability for their shipments. We have EU entities that are doing that job um, for, for the sellers. Um, but yeah, I'd say one of the main nightmares that people have had is thinking the URI is enough, sending a shipment, it gets stuck at the border and it doesn't get through. And we had a lot of people contacting us saying, okay, I've, I've been told that my, my EU EORI number needs to be linked to an EU address. Okay, so people will say, okay, it's simple. We just need to get an EU address. It can't be linked to an EU address unless you have an EU incorporated company. So for a UK company, for a US, Chinese, Australian, et cetera, it's not going to be linked. You, you actually need indirect representation or some form of customs representation. Oh, I can't tell you how many hours in a day that I waste on the EU Commission website reading all the fun, fun <laughs> rules. Uh, or no, more likely, I'm I'm surfing on uh, YouTube looking at kitten videos. So the the truth <laughs> is, all of these problems are I call them nightmares because many of them are unanticipated. Right? You talked about the um, this is the EORI number. Is that right? The, yeah. I don't know what the designation is, but this is an import of record kind of number, right? I don't know yeah. the acronym, uh, but the, and so you have to have that for each country that you're doing business in, and you have to have an entity to get that address for that country. And that, that's why you absolutely have to have a partner or somebody to help you. Is that, am I saying yeah. it right? You don't need one for each country. You just need one for the EU and then one for the ah, EUK because it's separated. So UK, EU now separated. Um, but you'll need, yeah, one for the EU and one for the UK. So, uh, but yeah, it doesn't matter where you get it. So it should work for all 27 member states. But again, that's another another thing that people get confused on. On the uh, European Commission websites, it says it will be use, you'll be able to use it for all 27 member states. But when you actually read into it in more detail, it starts explaining about, okay, foreign companies, they need this form of representation. But that's not on the front page that's right. kind of when you dig a bit deeper <laughs> well and so the the fundamental point so for everybody uh, watching and listening at home uh, or wherever you happen to uh, be there you guys uh so there's an amazon pilot program that's invite only but if you're in a vast customer you can kind of get the benefit of that uh, of the same kinds of services that, am i saying it yeah, so uh, I mean, we can offer custom services uh, to anyone. We have solutions for Avast customers, non-Avast customers, anyone who's looking to import. Um, we we have solutions. Um, I mean, obviously, there, there's an Amazon pilot program, which great if you've received an Amazon um, an email from Amazon for that. Um, do get do get in touch, but alternatively, still get in touch because we have solutions for everyone. Well, and this is so. First of all, it's a giant kind of uh, feather in the cap of Avast uh, to be the pilot program partner for Amazon, right? Because you guys are, that means they trust you. That means they're, they're, you know, putting that trust in you and, and uh, some of their reputation in, involved. And of course you guys are taking risk on behalf of the sellers. So you have to trust the sellers. They're, this is a very comprehensive type of program. Uh, but I would just tell anybody who's, who's suffering from, you know, kind of going from EU to UK or UK to EU or from outside wherever you are into either of those places that 
you guys have already solved all the problems. So instead of them reinventing the wheel, it makes sense. Uh, and as a, right, it just makes sense to use somebody who's, who's been there, done that. And that's, that's your entire department's function at this stage. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. And I'd say, obviously, you've got these problems at the moment, which have been identified, um, solved the problem, got solutions. There, it's like, it's, it's, as you said earlier, like, there's always going to be change. So there's going to be more problems in future. It's inevitable. But where we're up to date with everything, if there is a problem, we're going to have a solution. So I would say having kind of a partner involved that is keeping up to date with everything regulation wise is going to be an advantage to you moving forward. Yeah. Without a doubt. I, I definitely, uh, so uh, just awesome as a reminder, I, I like to get this clear for everybody uh, frequently. Uh, I, I'm, I'm never, I don't do any sponsorships. I don't do any, you know, uh, payment. Like, so they're on here because I think they're a great solution, not because I'm a shill. And so uh, they are an empowering partner, by the way. So if you're an empowering member, there's a, a sweet little deal that uh, uh, Vask has with empowering. And all of that is designed to help sellers, right? That's what I, I love entrepreneurs and we want to help entrepreneurs. So if you're struggling with this or perhaps you thought it was roadblock that you couldn't solve, now you've got a, a potential solution and, and Jacob's a good guy to reach out to. So um, Jacob, do they, they just go to the Avast site? Is there a special area they go to? How do they find the, the program or learn more about the details? Yeah, so you can go to the uh, avastgroup.com website. So you have details about all of the services, um, contact numbers for, for different countries where you'll be able to reach out to a VASC. Also, there'll be emails, uh, email inboxes that you can drop an email to. Um, anyone who sends an inquiry, you'll be reached out to um, within 12 hours of sending that inquiry um, as a maximum, generally quicker. Um, but you can just call directly, call directly, ask for, for myself, ask for one of the team. Um, we're always happy to help. Yeah. Well, this is the, you know, coming from the world of Amazon, which never takes calls. And even if you get a call, they're rarely competent. It's a refreshing change. And uh, uh, having known so many of the Avast people uh, for these years, uh, they really do take pride in their, their work and they love the stuff I hate. So what a great matchup that is, right? All that compliance, all the headaches, all the taxes. Why not kick it off to somebody who's actually enjoys it and is good at it? Uh, that just makes sense. Jacob, anything, any final words we should share with sellers today? Anything you want to talk about that uh, we haven't got to? Yeah, I, I would say um, like, it's always good to ha have a conversation with us as, as we've mentioned, but it's not just about our services. We, we point people in the right direction, whatever they're needing. Um, so whether it's kind of more product compliance, label compliance, translations, everything like that, we have a network of people that we can point you in the right direction. So we're not just solving our piece of the puzzle. We're also helping you solve the other pieces of the puzzle. So we can take you um, from start to finish and have an end-to-end -end solution. Yeah, that, it, again, it, it just makes sense. So uh, listen, Jacob, thanks for coming on Awesomers today. We really appreciate it. It's great to see you and, and hear all of your wisdom. Yeah, thank and you very much for having me, Steve. It's been great. I have to say that topics of tax and compliance as an entrepreneur, right? This is one of our least favorite things. I call it eating our vegetables, right? But entrepreneurs love to talk about uh you know, oh, new marketing tactic. I got this hack. I got this new way of ranking. And th this is like the steak and the lobster or the candy, you know, but you got to eat your vegetables, everybody. And let's get those vegetables. They can be good. We'll dip them in butter, something. We'll, we'll make it work. But you make sure that you focus on your business and get the details done. And uh, again, thanks to Jacob and Avast for, you know, kind of stepping up and helping sellers. 
And uh, for the customers out there, uh, we will see you next time, everybody. Bye-bye.